not and never will be ashamed. Praise God. We have a few minutes left and I'm going to... How many can listen fast if I preach fast? Amen. All right. You said that you could. Praise God. I want to talk to you about covenant blessings for covenant people. Covenant blessings for covenant people. I want you to say that with me if you would so we'll know where we're going today. and We'll be on the same page. Covenant blessings for covenant people. Hallelujah. We can put up God bless America signs and how America needs the blessing. But people need to come into covenant with God to obtain blessings. You can't just believe for it. You can't just try to press Him for it. We come into an actual covenant. And all of the Bible is a covenant book. God decided to keep every promise that He made by making covenants. Hallelujah. And He began making the covenant. He chose a person to establish His covenant through. And that person was Abraham. The second greatest person other than Christ in all of the Bible. In all of the Bible is Abraham. It's got to be Abraham. Because the blessing was going to come through Abraham to all the seed. Amen? The Old Testament is the Old Covenant. The New Testament is the New Covenant. Communion Sunday coming up not too long from now. We will drink from the cup. Jesus picked up that cup, the cup of redemption, the third cup of the four cups at the, at the Passover meal. He lifted it high and said, this is the new covenant in my blood. That's the Greek word, the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for the sins of many. So blessings are not just something that you find promises for. And stand on the promise. Blessings are something that you understand are yours by covenant. And that's what gives you the faith to claim the promise that God has made to covenant people. It isn't made to everybody. It isn't made to anybody. And when someone was outside of the covenant before the Gentiles were grafted into that covenant, then they had no right to claim the covenant. But even those people... If they persisted in faith, God responded to them. Not because they had a covenant right, but because He's a merciful God. And He responds to those who come to Him by faith and persist by faith. So, I want to read this to you. Listen to this carefully today. Everybody say, covenant blessings for covenant people. Oh, before this is through, I I want you to see yourself as who God says that you are. I want you to walk out of here and be able to say this biblically. I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. And I can do what God says I can do. That's a life-changing confession if you really mean it and practice it from the heart. Listen to Matthew chapter 15, verse 21 through 28. Matthew Chapter 15, verse 21 through 28. I'm going to slow down and try to teach a little. This is so good. It makes me want to just take off preaching. Amen. And I, I, I say 10,000 words, and you might get maybe 1,000 of them. Amen. If you're very, very attentive. I want you to get it all today. It said, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast. 
and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Do you remember someone else that said, Have mercy on me, son of David? Bartimaeus. It was the exact same cry. Have mercy on me. Amen. Son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Now, whether she was possessed like the man who had the son that was possessed or whether uh, this vexing, this troubling was mental or whether it involved the physical, it's not clear. But one thing this woman knew, what is going on in her life is supernatural. It's something that cannot be addressed with psychology. It cannot be addressed with medication. It has to be addressed spiritually. And she actually, in that ancient time, had a better understanding than most Christians today and a lot of churches today, and certainly the medical profession, because they are people of science, not people of any kind of spiritual understanding. And there are people that need to have some kind of mental treatment. But the issue is spiritual. We don't argue against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities. And I'm afraid in many circles the devil is free to operate because there's no one to, to counteract him, no one to command him, no one to address him in the name of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? And because of that, he has a free, a free a free a freedom to operate because no one is stopping him no one is acknowledging him in the movies the devil wins the devil wins the poor priest or whoever it is trying to deal with him is at a loss but in the spiritual realm in the bible god always wins and those who represent Him always win. And those who know, know the authority and the power in Jesus' name always triumph over the enemy. So listen, listen to this. And you're going to see this, this, this non-covenant woman. And He's going to let her know you can't claim a covenant blessing that is for a particular group of people. You don't qualify to claim it. Covenant blessings for covenant people is the subject. Behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. And he answered not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. Now he's ignoring her initially. And, but he answered and said, I am not sent but to who? The lost sheep of the house of Israel. Everybody say covenant people. This was Jews by lineage. By their lineage, they were Jews. They there was a they were Abraham's seed and they were covenant people. And initially, Jesus came to the lost sheep of the house of Israel initially. And as they began to reject him, and they did by and large, many believed, but more than than that disbelieved. Then he turned to the Gentiles. And Gentiles were everybody that wasn't a Jew. Everybody, globally, that wasn't a Jew is a Gentile. It wasn't just a group of people. It was everybody that wasn't part of Abraham's seed. Everybody that wasn't covenant people were outside the covenant. And you can't claim a covenant that you don't have. Now, my wife doesn't like me to do this because she says, if I can't have it, I don't want to look at it. And I like to window shop. 
I like to look at something that in my heart I know I can't have because I just like to think about how nice it would be. It's not covetous. This is just fun. I said fun. I mean, a lot of Christians don't know what that is. Let me explain it to you. It's having happiness in your life because you have the Lord God of Jacob for your help. And you can enjoy living. Can you say amen? And if God gives you a new car and you don't enjoy it, you don't deserve it. Can you say amen? <laughs> but he, he, he gives us all things richly to what? That's another word a lot of Christians don't seem to understand. To enjoy. Can you say amen? If God blesses you, He wants you to enjoy the blessing. In fact, He takes pleasure. The Bible said He takes pleasure in the prosperity. I'm not talking about, you know, becoming filthy rich and living in mansions. I'm just talking about being blessed. He loves to see His people blessed. And He loves to see us enjoying what He provides for us and giving Him glory for it and thanksgiving for it. Amen. He takes pleasure. Everybody say takes pleasure. If it blesses God to bless me, then bless God, I want to be blessed. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I don't represent El Chipo. I represent El Shaddai. I don't live high on the hog. I don't need to. Amen. I don't, I don't need a palace. I don't need a mansion. Praise God. I'm blessed beyond the material. <laughs> One day I'm going to draw my last breath. It, I, and I'm going to take my next breath in heaven because of what he's done for me. Hallelujah. This world is troubled. Willie sees these people, amen, looking to, to sin and Satan and looking to drink and to drugs for, for, what, they, for what they think that they need. And, and there's one who stands and declares, amen, all you that are thirsty, come to me and drink. You that are hungry, come to me, amen. I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Can you say, amen? The thief came to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly, better than you've ever had it or could ever know it. Oh, by the way, a man's life doesn't consist. He also said in the abundance of things that he possesses. Amen. So it begins in the spirit. Listen to this carefully. He said, I am not sent, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshiped him. Saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, it is not meat. Number one, he ignores her. Number two, he declares, she isn't, doesn't have any right by covenant to receive from God this help that she needs. And she still persists. And she still, not only does she persist in following them, and crying out, Lord, help me. She worshipped Him while doing that. She worshipped Him. Lord, help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. And here's the third resistance. He said, it is not meat. That means it's not appropriate. You don't have a covenant. You can't claim a covenant. It's not meat to take the what? Something that belongs to who? The house of Israel. To Abraham's seed. It's not meat to take the children's bread 
and give it to dogs. Now, this is not as bad an insult as you think. We're not talking about cur dogs. In the actual Greek, this, this connotates pet, a pet dog. In other words, he's lovable, but he, he don't have the same rights as you do. I mean, there have been people leave their, their, uh, their whole estate to their cat. And they hire a cat nanny to take care of the cat. And to drive the cat in the limo to the veterinarian and back. You know, and take the dog in the Bentley to the wherever. One man loved his dog so much. He was old. True story, his dog was so old. Uh, him and the dog both were getting up there. And he, he was, the doctor told him he just had a little while to live. He made his own funeral arrangements. He said, no one will want this old, toothless, sickly dog. And the dog will be so sad when I'm gone. And nobody will want him. So when I die, euthanize the dog. Put him in the casket with me. And they did. They euthanized the dog. They laid him in the arms of his master and they both closed the casket and they were both there together. What Jesus was saying was, listen, the pet dog doesn't have the same privileges and the same rights as the master. He wasn't putting her down and calling her some denigrating name. He was saying that a dog doesn't have the same, uh, same privilege as the master of the dog. You're outside the covenant. But she worshipped him and said, you're right. I don't have a covenant. I'm not a Jew by lineage. I can't claim any blessing as Abraham's seed. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. He turned around and looked at her because you can see. Amen. You know, you know a lot of people filled with such pride. You, you start talking that way. Well, forget about it then. Just forget about it then. Honey, you better suppress that when it rises up. That's not how you get God to respond to you. Can you say, man, she worshipped him and said, you're right. You're right. I know I don't have a covenant right to claim this. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. He turned to her and said, woman, great. Oh, great. Great is thy faith. Can you say, man, hallelujah, be it unto thee, even as you will. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Can you say, man, the children's bread, say it with me, the children's bread. Jesus declared it, the children's bread. You not being a Jew by lineage have no right to covenant blessings. But she persisted and appealed to his mercy and he granted mercy. And the reason she, he, she, he did is because she came to him by something that the whole covenant is established on. She came to him by faith. She looked to him by faith. She looked to him by faith. Can you say man? Hallelujah. There are three distinct seeds of Abraham. Three. Number one is the natural seed. And you know what that is? The natural seed of Abraham, all the Arab nations in the Middle East. And every one of them can trace their lineage from Abraham through Ishmael. Ishmael was not the child of promise. There was nothing supernatural about the birth of Ishmael. There's nothing supernatural. You say, God, 
made that baby. Well, God gave man the capability of having children. But it don't take anything supernatural when a man and woman are intimate with one another and seed is sown in the womb. Let me tell you something. God doesn't have to say, I just made a baby. No, y'all made the baby. What did he tell Adam and Eve? Go forth and do what? What I've given you the capability of doing. Be fruitful and multiply. Amen. Amen. We got this idea that God makes every baby that was ever made, that he has to somehow get. No, we make babies. You can make one. I know I got two. I didn't have them. If men had babies, there would be no overpopulation of the earth. We would stop with one. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I've heard all the horror stories of women going in. I don't want no drugs for pain. I don't want nothing. I want to have a natural birth. And some people have a wonderful time of it, but not everybody. <laughs> you know, there are others that say, give me drugs. I don't mean drug drugs. You know what I mean, pain drugs. The natural seed is the Arab nations. And what we're seeing in the Middle East right now is the seed of Abraham through Ishmael, the natural seed of Abraham. And they believe that the land that Israel occupies belongs to them. And they have committed themselves to the destruction and the annihilation of Israel. And right now in the Middle East, we're watching this ancient covenant situation unfolding. The natural seed through it. Listen, Abraham got impatient. He came back where he needed to be. He quit staggering at the promise of God through unbelief. But at first he did. And he got impatient and he tried to help God out. He promised to... To give me seed is the sand of the sea and the stars of the sky. And that I, I'm, I'm, I have no child and my wife is barren. So he comes up with this idea. I'm going to have a concubine and have a child through that concubine. And that's how it's going to happen. So he brought a woman in to, like a surrogate to have a child through. Hagar. And he had a child of that woman. The child was named Ishmael. And guess what? There was trouble in his house. Because that woman with his child threw it up to his wife who couldn't have a child until there was nothing but trouble. And he had to drive that woman and her child out of his tent. And if you want to look at lineage, there's no doubt Ishmael is a seed of Abraham. But there was no covenant between God and Ishmael's seed. The covenant wasn't established with Ishmael. It was established when, when Abraham was a hundred and Sarah was ninety. And she had never had any children. Amen. And the two angels on their way to Sodom and Gomorrah stopped at Abraham's place and told him, Now it's time for God to fulfill his promise concerning the seed. Your wife is going to become pregnant and she's going to have a child. <laughs> and she heard the angel telling Abraham that. 
They just looked like young men. They didn't have wings and halos. They looked like pure, beautiful young men. And she laughed. <laughs> and the angel heard it. And listen, you don't laugh to scorn. The Bible said in Psalm 1, Blessed is the man that, that sitteth not in the seat of the scornful. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Sitteth not in the seat of the scornful. They laughed Jesus to scorn when he told, told them Darius' daughter is not dead. She's only asleep. They looked at death as final and no one can conquer it. He looked at death as something he had complete power and authority over. And he run them out of the room. Can you say amen? You know what Isaac means? Ha, ha, ha. Hey, hey, Laughter. Am I going to have a child at 90 being barren all my life? Yep. Is Abraham going to have seed through this child that God is going to establish that covenant he promised Abraham in his seed? Yep. Did it happen? Yep. Did she have a child? Was his name Isaac? Amen. And was it a supernatural thing that occurred? Come on, a hundred-year-old man and a 90-year-old barren woman can't have kids. Number one, her womb is dead. But the Bible said Sarah did not consider, amen, Abraham's age, neither the deadness of her womb, but only him that promised. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's, she said if he said it, he can, he can do it. Glory be to God. And then Abraham caught on. And he said he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. And he said a God that can raise the dead can cause the deadness of Sarah's womb to come alive, cause a 90-year-old woman to conceive, and cause a 100-year-old man, amen, to be able to sire a son. So that blessing was supernatural. That blessing was supernatural. That blessing was supernatural. All of that began because of a supernatural act of God. Not just a man and woman coming together and, and starting a tribe. Can you say man? But a supernatural act of God. Everybody say a supernatural act of God. You, you, can't, you, can't, you can't take the supernatural from God. You just can't do it. Amen. You can't do it. I love the answer the little boy gave. Sometimes kids can come up with the, what does a kid say? The darndest things, Art Linklater said. In a classroom, a, a, a teacher was saying, a lot of you kids go to Sunday school and you believe this, this mess about, about, uh, uh, about, about the Red Sea uh, destroying the, uh, Pharaoh and his entire army. So don't you know that the winds and the tides were low and the winds were blowing against it that day and the water was only knee deep. And a little boy stood up and said, it's a greater miracle than I thought. He said, he said, not only did he part the sea and let God's people pass over, but he destroy, destroyed Pharaoh's, drowned Pharaoh's entire army in knee-deep water. Can you say amen? You can't take the supernatural from God. You take the supernatural from God, He can't be God anymore. Can you say, man, he's someone man has dreamed up. Some uh, ideology that man has fashioned. All of the gods that man has imagined and come up with all over the world. It gets crazy. 
But there is a true and a living God. And man didn't make him. He made man. Can you say man? And he can fulfill his word. So the, the first seed is the natural seed. The Arab nations through Ishmael. And those nations are claiming that land that the Jews are in right now. There's a second seed of Abraham. And you know who that is? Through Isaac. He established a covenant. He didn't do it with Ishmael. He did it with Isaac. And through the seed of Abraham, through Isaac, that son of promise, that supernatural son that was born of a woman who couldn't have children. It's another seed coming by a woman who, 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 who never knew a man. It was supernatural. His name is Jesus. Can you say man? Hallelujah. And through Isaac, through Isaac, God came into, kept that covenant with Abraham and to all the seed that came through the lineage of Isaac. And those Jews living in Israel right now, they are the seed of Abraham through Isaac. And that is the promised land. And they do have a right to claim it. And both of those, Ishmael and Isaac, it's all about the promise of the land amen but there's a third seed hallelujah and it's a spiritual seed and it involves any arab that believes any jew that believes and every gentile that believes there's a spiritual seed there's a spiritual seed of abraham Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Come on. I said there's something. Oh, do you understand the three seeds? One is through Ishmael. The covenant one is through Isaac. But then there's, there's something that has occurred after Calvary. Amen. Something has happened after the cross. Hallelujah. Amen. It's not me to take the children, what belongs to them by covenant, and give it to the dogs. Amen. But listen, there is something called children's bread. It belongs to them. They are in covenant. God has not done away with the old covenant. He did away with the law. He didn't do away with the old. In fact, He didn't do away with it. He just fulfilled it in a different way. Can you say man? Hallelujah. The old covenant is not dead and buried. The new covenant just took that old covenant, praise God, and added all the blessings of the cross to it. Hallelujah. And brought us into it with the Jews that believe. Hallelujah. The spiritual seed, both Jew and Greek, Jew and Gentile. Listen to Romans 2, 28 and 29. Listen to this carefully. For he is not a Jew that is one outwardly, Neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew which is one inwardly. And the circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit. And not in the letter. Meaning the letter of the law. Whose praise is not of men but of God. One of the things Paul was dealing with. That those who were Jews by lineage through Isaac. They, they said we can claim blessing. But he can't and she can't and they can't. And what he's telling them is, you're not a spiritual seed of Abraham. You're not a Jew in that sense because you've been circumcised and you have a lineage that goes back to David and Abraham. You're a Jew because something has occurred in your heart. Can you say, man, you're brought... Oh, come on. Brother Venable, are you a Jew? Not by lineage. 
Are you Abraham's seed? No, I'm Bob Venable's seed. And here's what my wife don't like. If you can't have it, she don't want to look at it. There is a mansion in Atlanta. And I showed my son it online, and he went nuts. And now I see why my wife didn't want to look at it. It's a stone, granite stone mansion. It's one of those mansions in America. I mean, it's not a nice house in a gated community. It is made out of granite, and it's got the huge ceilings and the huge rooms, and it's a historical protected, uh, you know, edifice. It, it's, it, and it was owned by a brother and sister, and both of them. In fact, anybody know Stone Mountain, Georgia? Been by there? That mountain belonged to two brothers named Venable. There's a lake right down at the bottom of it. Guess what the name of the lake is? Lake Venable. There's a Lutheran church that, that, you know, that made a deal with the state in order to keep up the mansion and, and be kind of overseers and caretakers of it. They let them build a Lutheran church right in front of it out of stone so it blends with the mansion. And there's tours to go through the mansion. And a brother and sister owned the mansion. And they died childless. And their name is Venable. (laughs) I was having such fun. So my granddaddy got together with some other Venables and tried to get a 1930s, 40s era movie star by the name of Evelyn Venable, who has a star on the Walk of Fame out in Hollywood. But you don't remember the 30s and 40s, and I don't. I remember the late 40s when I was born. I remember, you know, saying, boy, I hope I'm that Venable. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just. So I used to sit around. We had a little Jim Walter home. We didn't have it finished. We had a curtain up for the door to the bathroom. In fact, we didn't have plumbing indoor. We had plumbing outdoor, but we had something you used behind that curtain that you could take outdoors. <laughs> and since my outdoor plumbing was, was double seated, we had two seats in it. We never used it at one time. You know, it's some things you like to just do by yourself, can you say? Amen? <laughs> just some things in life you like to, a little bit of privacy. <laughs> Amen. But we had a double seater, so I thought we were doing well. Most people have a one-seat outhouse. I, we got a two-seat. In fact, most people went to school with didn't have an outhouse no more. We never finished that Jim Walter home. I remember we'd get the Sears catalog. And I used to go through that Sears catalog, and, and I'd, I'd look at dresses for my mama and shoes for my daddy and toys for me. Hey, man, I had the best time imagining what it might be like. And, boy, when I heard about that Venable thing when I was growing up, They tried to get that movie star lady to come get involved because she had the money and the influence. They finally hired a lawyer to go see if we might be traced to that lineage, that group of Venables. Not just any Venable, but that group. See, there's a difference. It's got to be through that group. It can't be just any Venable. They traced us back to seven brothers that came from England and started this strain of Venable. But they couldn't tie this strain into that strain. But oh, I used to dream about it. I thought, what if? What if they found out? Because they said since there's no heirs, it is, all of the royalties from that 
they used to quarry that rock. They used to take that rock and, 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 and sell it. And this mansion, the Venable Mansion, Venable Lake, and Stone Mountain. We own Stone Mountain. <laughs> own a mountain, a mansion, and a lake. If I could just, if we could just, they, they got a, they called a jack leg, some kind of lawyer and sent him down there to Atlanta, giving money to stay. And he went down there and got drunk on the money and didn't check on nothing. <laughs> Amen. So he come back. They, they, they lost money trying to make money or get money or see if we were part of that. But let me tell you something about that. In New York City, some years ago, there was a man who left his estate to somebody that they could not find. And the money kept drawing interest in the bank. The bank said, we need to get this to whoever it belongs to. We don't need to do the paperwork for it anymore. Keeping up with the money that was accruing from a very rich man. So they put a name in the paper. They put names in the paper of people who had money left to them and they did not collect it. I, I went online one time and sure enough, we had $10 from 25 years ago. Coming back to us from Tampa Electric rebate when we left the church back then. I thought, oh, Lord, amen. I went to all this trouble for 10 bucks, but we'll take it. <laughs> Hallelujah. We'll take it anyway. And there was a list of guys. And there was a guy named Tom Brown or some nonsense, just an everyday name. You know, John. Just John, John Brown. Hallelujah. And he saw a name said John Brown had money in the bank left to they they put it in the in the, some section of the of the of the New York paper of the time. And he, he said, and a guy worked with him. He had a lawn care business, and he said, "Why don't you just call the bank? Tell them you're yeah, but if I, I can't prove I'm how many John Browns are there?" He said, "Well, I don't know." He said, but if I was John Brown, <laughs> I'd call the bank <laughs> just to see. It ain't going to cost you nothing. He called the bank, said, my name is John Brown. I was just reading the paper. I saw this thing. I know it probably don't apply to me. And the man at the bank said, well, sir, do you, do, what do you do for a living? He said, I have a lawn care business. He said, did you ever work for a man called so-and-so? Did you ever take care of his lawn? He said, oh, yeah, he's a rich man. Always paid me well. He said, well, whatever happened to him? He said, well, he passed away. About three years ago, said, so you're John Brown that take care of this and this and that. And he said, can you come in? We need to talk to you and verify through your driver's license and birth certificate and whatever. And they got all the verification of who he was. And guess what? That guy didn't have no kids. He didn't have no dog, no cat to leave it to. Amen. He left it to the guy that was so respectful and so honest with him that did his yard. And he was a rich man, had something bequeathed to him, but it didn't do him a bit of good because he didn't know it was his. And he couldn't make no claim on it until he found out it was his. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to submit to you this morning, amen, that there are people in this room, i.e. you and me, that need to find out what is ours in Christ. If he paid the 
price at the cross to provide something for you and me. Listen, the church is living beneath her covenant privileges and her covenant right. And that's why we're not seeing the power of God manifest because no one is laying claim on it. Can you say amen? But it's got to change. It's got to change. It needs to change. It needs to change. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. The spiritual seed. You're not a Jew because you have been circumcised and you're of the lineage of Ishmael or the lineage of Isaac. Well, the lineage of Ishmael is Arab, so you're you're certainly not a Jew. You are considered a covenant person because of what Christ has done at the cross. And the day of begging for crumbs. The day of people with provided, promised blessings, begging for crumbs, has got to come to an end. You need to know. You need to know what is yours. I need to know what is mine. We got people coming here that without God intervening will die from a disease that's going to devastate their body. Well, there's an intervening God. Not just because that we have faith in His love and His power, but because we know His covenant. That's what I told you about Shama and the pea patch. He didn't just have great faith. He knew and claimed the covenant. And God said, it makes no difference. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, it makes no difference. It makes absolutely no difference to God. If one of you or two of you or a thousand of you, it makes no difference to God to save by many or by few. If you claim the covenant, He will keep the covenant. He doesn't care if one of you do it or if five of us do it or if a hundred of us do it. It's His covenant and if we claim it, He'll keep it. And that's what Shaman knew. The Philistines were gathered together in a troop and God's People were working in the field with agricultural implements, hoes and shovels. And they came over to take the ground from them. And every one of them took off running. One man, Shama, stood in the midst of the field of lentils. He had to do it with a farm implement against armed soldiers. Hallelujah. How did he do that? Was he crazy? Was he some kind of hyper faith person? No, he knew the covenant God had with the seed. And he knew he was the seed. And he knew he could claim it. And he knew it didn't matter to God whether anybody else claimed it. If somebody claimed it, God would keep it in his behalf. And he stood in the midst of that that he had by covenant and he defended it. (laughs) Come on. Hallelujah. And the Bible said, oh, get this. And the Lord stepped in. And the Lord stepped in. And the Lord wrought a great victory that day. Can you say amen? What did the covenant say? They will come out against you one way. They will flee before you seven ways. What did the covenant say? One of you 
shall chase a thousand. And two of you shall put 10,000 to flight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have a covenant with Almighty God, Jew, Gentile. You've got to find out whose seed you are. You've got to find out, oh man, Alex, Alex Haley, he wrote a book that they made into a movie called Roots. Way back in the 60s. Amen. It's where African Americans traced their roots to where their origins were. They were able to trace their roots spiritually. We got roots. And don't you think it's high time we traced our roots? If I could trace my roots to those two venables in Atlanta, just in the natural. Can you imagine? Can you imagine seeing me in a Bentley? No. No. no, I, I couldn't leave that in Walmart's parking lot. Can you say? With all them buggies running all over the place. <laughs> I'd have to have a bodyguard for my Bentley. But come on. Just, just think with me a minute. We come begging, pleading for God to give us a crumb. We come as spiritual vagabonds begging for a crumb. We don't come as the seed of Abraham, the sons and daughters of Almighty God. We think it's proud. And yet the Bible said, let us come how? Before the throne of grace. Boldly. Why? You, you, you're humbled that you are allowed the privilege. But when you walk in the privilege, you come with absolute confidence that God is going to welcome you, receive you, hear you, and help you. Can you say amen? Come boldly. i tell you when they tore the roof off that building. Amen. <laughs> to get that man in the presence of Jesus. He looked up and saw that and he said, wow. He saw their faith. He said, these people, these people ain't playing. These people ain't whining. These people ain't complaining. These people ain't questioning me. They're getting this man in my presence. Praise God. And this man has submitted to let them call him up on a roof and tear off the roof, a hole in the roof, and let him down where I am just to get him to me. And when he saw their faith, he healed that man immediately. Can you say amen? My uncle was in desperate need of healing years ago. He went to a meeting in Tampa. It was so crowded. Amen. He got discouraged and quit looking for a parking place and came home. Well, I guess if God wanted me healed, he'd have made a way. I guess if God... See, that is not faith. That is doubt. Can you say amen? Listen to me. Wherefore didst thou doubt. Can you say amen? He came home and he came home empty handed. I needed something to change the course of my life after nervous exhaustion. I was desperate for help for God. I had been everywhere and there was a meeting in Atlanta. I remember going to downtown Atlanta. I got there late looking for a parking space to go to the meeting and there was none. And I had the same feeling. Why don't you just go home? God isn't opening any doors for you. 
God isn't making any way for you. Amen. And I thought about that. That thought came to me. Just go home. God isn't going to help you. God, you can hear the devil speaking to your own broken spirit. Can you say, man, your own disappointed spirit? Why don't you just go home? God don't, God isn't, God isn't blessing. God isn't going to make a way for you. God isn't interested. You've cried unto Him. You've tried everything else. You're still in the same condition. Just go home. You can't even find a place to park your car, let alone get into the meeting. And I just absolutely, I just said, Lord, if I get in for the benediction, I'm getting in. If I don't find a place until it's over, I'm going to go up there. I'm, I'm not going back. I didn't come this far to go back. So I'm not going home with my tail tucked between my legs. I'm desperate. I I don't feel strong, but I know something about God. Amen. If you persist, if you just won't go back, like that woman that said, you don't have a covenant ride, but but she kept on saying, you're right. But I got faith in you anyhow. Hallelujah. Praise God. Even the dogs eat the crumbs. Hallelujah. He said, your faith, your faith has touched me and I'm going to touch you. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So I just drove along. I began to praise him. I said, Lord, I thank you. I can't feel your love. I can't find your love. I can't see your love. But I know what you did for me at the cross. And I know you love me. And I'm not going home. And I'm not going to go back into that nervous thing that I was in. My mind is tormented and I can't sleep and I can't eat. And and everything went through me because of diarrhea. I'd eat and it'd go right through me. And I was losing weight without trying. And I was sick mentally, physically, and emotionally. But in my spirit there was a spark of faith can you say man just a spark just a spark of faith to give me a little bit of hope and i said if i get in this meeting i believe god is going to say something to me god's going to do something for me because i'm pressing in i'm pressing in i'm pressing in i'm not going home not going back to the bed and breakfast when we got at the bed and breakfast there was complimentary fruit and a bottle of wine Less than a motel. And I thought, you know something? If I drink some of that wine and I sleep like a baby tonight, I'm hooked. I'm just as hooked as those guys are that you're ministering to. I wasn't just afraid of sinning against God, I was afraid of getting hooked because my son was an alcoholic and he got hooked. And I thought if this works and God doesn't, then I'll lean on this instead of God and then when nothing will do but God, I won't have him. So I've got to press on. I can't go back. I can't go back. Come on, temptation is real. The devil's counting on you. Getting so discouraged in God, you'll try something else. Can you say amen? And you know what happened? A car. While I was worshiping him and thanking him for, for loving me, and even though I couldn't feel it, couldn't see it, and was frustrated with all the stuff I was going through, a car just pulled right out in front of me. And boy, all the other cars were looking. <laughs> I thought, that's mine. <laughs> that's mine. I'm like the lady, I'm like the lady that <laughs> says, Lord, if you want me to stay on this diet, don't let there be a parking space at the donut shop. <laughs> 
but she drove by and somebody pulled out. She said, thank you, Jesus. And pulled right in. <laughs> Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I pulled right in. I pulled right in. And I got out of my car and I said, thank you, Jesus. And I was late. The service was going. The place was packed out. The Omni had standing room only in Atlanta, Georgia. I walked in and, and the Omni and there were several, several aisles. See, I just needed to be ministered to. I didn't need to be the preacher. I'm in trouble. I need to just sit under the Word. I need to get where the anointing is. I need God to speak to me. So I'm walking and I looked down one of the... There, there was three thoroughfares to go in three big doors at that time the way it was arranged and i went to the first one and i looked in and if people were standing by the door it was full i went to the second one looked in and it was full and i was on my way to the third door to go in the omni and i figured it would be full too and i thought well i'll stand in the back now i don't like to sit in the back or stand in the back in a place that big you know why because everybody that goes to the bathroom gets up and passes by you like in the movie theater. You know, and you're distracted. I didn't want nothing to distract me. I headed for that third door, and there was a little lady in her late 50s, white hair. She's standing out there looking, looking like this. And she looked, and her eyes locked on me. And she said, Sir, 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 are you looking for a seat? And I said, yes, ma'am. I sure am. She said, do you believe God speaks to people today? I said, yes, ma'am. I sure do. She said, sir. She said, three of us were supposed to meet for this meeting. Two of us got here early. And we went all the way to the front. We've been here for hours. And we got three seats up front. And we saved the third seat for our friend. And we kept waiting for her to show up. And the usher said, anybody that's got an empty seat, raise your hand. We said to the usher, this is reserved. Our friend will be here shortly. We left a purse sitting in it so nobody else would sit in it. Said finally, we were sitting there thinking, well, we better give up this seat. Somebody could appreciate it. And said, the Lord spoke to me. And said, this seat isn't for the lady that you invited. This seat is for a man that I will show you. In fact, she said, the Lord told me he's coming in right now. Go out there and tell him you've saved a seat for him. And I'm so glad I kept going round and round until a parking space opened up and made up my mind not to go back to the motel in defeat and discouragement. Can you see? God does love you. He does care about you. The devil will tell you he don't, but he does. And I thought, Lord, I can't feel you yet. I can't find you yet, but I'm hurting. And you're loving me. You're, you're showing me that you are with me. Amen. And oh, oh, she said, sir, will you please follow me? You're that man. I said, yes, ma'am. I will. She didn't know my story. Oh, but I knew this is a sign from the Lord. Behold, I'm with thee. I'm with thee. I am with thee. You can't feel me because you're a wreck right now. Your mind, your emotions are, are wrecked, but I'm with you and I love you and I want you to rise up in faith and trust me. And faith comes by hearing, 
hearing by the word of the Lord. I wasn't just looking for hands to be laid. I was looking for a word of the Lord and a word from the Lord. So I sat down front undistracted, convinced that God was with me and God was going to help me. And I heard one of the most simplistic messages you'll ever hear, but it was anointed and went right directly into my heart. The things that are impossible with men are possible with God. And that spark became a flame. And that flame became a fire. I didn't get delivered from it that night, but I had the faith to know if I just kept on trusting God, deliverance was going to come in His time and in His way. And I began to sleep better. And I began to eat better. And I began to pray better and think better. Hope was alive. I became a prisoner of hope. I couldn't give it up. I wouldn't give it up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If God is going to speak to people about me, amen, save me a seat. Saw me out there going around that place and the devil trying to get me to go back, amen, and him already preparing the blessing. He's not going to abandon me. The answer is going to come. Hallelujah. God is going to come through. If I don't go back, he's not going to fail me. Hallelujah. So having said all of that, This lady's getting initial resistance. And she meets resistance with persistence. Amen? You go to the house, you can't get the man in. Resistance. How did they meet resistance? With persistence. They got up on the roof of the house. Tore the tiles off. Let the man down. And Jesus stopped everything and said, boy, <laughs> hey man, if, you, if you're going to press your way in here, you ain't going to go away from here empty-handed. He healed that man. Hallelujah. He went home healed. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can't, you can't just get your feelings out there and let your emotions rule you, and you can't give up and give in just because you prayed and nothing happened the next week or the next month. You've got to get in it for the long haul. And it's worth it. It's worth it. Because not only did God help me and God heal me and thank God I can sleep tonight. I bear, I bear some scars from all of that. But those scars show that a healing has occurred. Can you say man? Hallelujah. I am the spiritual seed of Abraham. I am not coming to God looking for no crumbs to fall down like a beggar and a vagabond. I'm a son of God. And God, the creator of heaven and earth, is my heavenly Father. You are the spiritual seed of Abraham. Prophecies being fulfilled in the Middle East for the seed of Ishmael is claiming what they believe by covenant is theirs, the land of Israel. That's the whole Palestinian Jew-Arab debate. The sons of Isaac, Israel, national Israel, with a covenant right to the land, but they don't have a spiritual covenant till they come to Christ. Come on. Can you see where the trouble's coming? Where it's occurring? Two covenants are being claimed by two legitimate lineage people, but neither one of them have a covenant with Christ. 
but Christians, Jew and Greek, Arab (laughs) and non-Arab. When you come to Christ, the Bible said, they that are of faith are Abraham's seed by faith. And the blessings of faithful Abraham have come upon them. Can you say amen? Glory to God. Glory to God. That means we have a covenant right. And that's why, and I'll read it to you so we can do it teaching as we close later in some future teaching. I'd like to follow this up if the Lord lets me. Amen. A woman comes into the temple 18 years. She has been so bent over with a crippling disease of her body that she could not raise herself up. And she came into the temple and she is the Isaac lineage seed of Abraham. And she has a covenant right. Hallelujah. And no one was telling her she had any right to be healed. And no one was praying for her healing in the temple. In the temple. Come on, there's churches right now that believe in cessation. They believe the last miracle occurred with the last apostle. You know why they believe that? Because if they believe that God still delivers and heals today, they are going to be shown up. Amen. Hallelujah. Because there is nothing occurring. They do not have any anointing oil to put on anybody because they don't believe God is going to ever do anything. The only thing God answers is prayer to to meet the building fund and to build the brick and stone and steeple and stained glass. Oh God, we'll pray to God for that. But He will not heal and He will not help. He is absolutely immaterial to us until we get to heaven. Friend of mine, that is dead wrong. Hallelujah. We need not pray if we don't believe God can or will answer. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. 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 So she's 18 years like this. And by the way, God didn't do it. The devil did it. The disease was from him, not God. So she comes in the temple and Jesus said, this ain't right. This, this, this woman, he walked over to her. Amen. He spoke the word to her. He just spoke the word to her. And she stood upright, healed and whole. And they jumped on him. Religion is going to jump on the supernatural every time that it occurs. Dead religion hates the supernatural power of God. Because it shows them up for what they are. Dead men's bones. Amen. They chided him for healing on the Sabbath day. He said, you boys got an ox that you plow with. He falls in a ditch on Sunday after you feed him. Do you pull him out? Or you let him die because it's a Sabbath and you don't dare pull that old ox out of that hole. No, that old ox is valuable. You pull him out. He said, this woman has value. Can you say amen to God Almighty? If you pull your ox out. If you'll pull your, and they knew they'd pull that ox out. And they probably had just pulled him out and Jesus knew it. And it was real fresh in their mind. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And you know what he said? And ought not. O2. Everybody say O2. O2. You say God don't owe me nothing. I owe him everything. God owes you everything he's promised you. 
He said He watches over His Word to perform it. If He don't owe it to you, you can't even get saved. The reason you know you're saved is God, God because of the blood of Jesus, for Jesus' sake is forgiven you. Can you say man? Hallelujah. He paid the price. God honors the price. Glory be to God. Ought not this woman, she has a covenant. Ought not this woman a what? A daughter of Abraham. Whom Satan hath bound low these many years. Eighteen of them to be exact. Ought not this woman in the temple of all places, the place of worship, ought not this woman be healed whom Satan hath bound being a daughter of Abraham. That woman wasn't a daughter of Abraham. But even the dogs eat the crumbs. Can you say man? But this woman is a daughter of Abraham. She has a covenant right to claim it. That's why James said, if there be any of you. James 5.14. I believe James 5.14 is just as authoritative as John 3.16. Just because the church is dead... And no one will proclaim this truth. And we're more dependent on Blue Cross Blue Shield than the Shield of Faith. Blue Cross Blue... I encourage you, carry insurance. You break your arm, they'll charge you $27,000 to set it at the emergency room. But don't think just because you got great insurance that you don't need some faith in God. Because when the best doctor comes out and shakes his head... Amen. You need to know who you are in Christ, who He is in you, and what you can and cannot claim is yours. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. People come here just to have hands laid on them, but they don't come here to be taught. So where's the faith to be healed going to come from? In a church that doesn't teach anything that would bring faith to be healed because they don't even believe God does it today anyway. So they could just walk out of a faithless, doubt-filled atmosphere. You couldn't... Jesus wouldn't help anybody under those conditions. Amen. Amen. So are we... Amen. Come on, I'm telling you the truth. I know we don't have the big choir. I understand we don't have anything to give you any, you know, reference because I go to that church. It don't have to be this church, but you need to find some church that will tell you who you are in Jesus and who Jesus is in you and preach something and teach something that will cause faith in God to arise in your heart so that when you have a need and you pray, you'll believe that you receive so that God can grant you what He's provided and promised. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. I don't know where I would go. I told Brother Taylor if I was retired from pastoring, I don't know where I'd go to church, but I would be picky. I would be picky. I demand the anointing to be there. I'm not just looking at how eloquent the preacher is or educated he is. I'm not looking for the pomp and the ceremony. I'm looking for the power and presence of the living God. The anointing breaks the yoke. I would look for somebody. (laughs) I better go to church right where I am. 
Stick it out a while. Hallelujah. 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 This is one of those you is or you ain't. You're Abraham's spiritual seed or you're not saved. You have a covenant with God and you can claim it. Or you have no covenant and needing to expect anything. Can you say man? But if we have a covenant with God in the name of Jesus, we're going to reach out by faith and claim it. Can you say man? Hallelujah. 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 Acts 14 last week I talked. Paul preached the gospel at Lystra. There sat a man who never had walked lame from his mother's womb. Paul steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. Said unto him with a loud voice, stand to the crippled man, stand on thy feet, Jesus makes you whole. He said, if you got the faith to receive it, God's already made the provision for it. So I don't have to ask God about it. With his stripes... You can be, you might be, you may be. Did he make a provision? Did he make a provision at the cross? Paul knew it. It's part and parcel of the gospel. It's the good news. Can you say, man, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, so many people today, they're not going to church to hear a message to build their faith. They're going to church. In fact, they're not in church right now. They've been gone for 40 minutes. They've been gone for 40 minutes. And if they ever get so bad off, so terribly oppressed, depressed, deprived of the blessings of God, some of them may come through that door someday. Or some of them may call and ask me to pray for them. Because I believe God. And he's moved in my life and my family. Amen, he's moved in this man's life. Amen. He's moved in this man's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sarah didn't talk about the deadness of her womb. But then her faith was in God's faithfulness to perform his word to her. Hallelujah. We've got a little girl running around here. How old is she now? Kayla is 11. You know what the doctor told Kayla's mama? You can't have no kids. You'll never have any kids. You're not going to have any children. But she came down for prayer. Hallelujah. And God's a prayer answering God. He said, you know what he said in Psalms? He would make the barren woman the keeper of house and the joyful mother of children. We claim that scripture. And God allowed seed to conceive within her. And we got a little girl running around here saying, God still answers prayer. Miracles still happen today. Can you say amen? I got preacher, preacher friends that don't believe in miracles. J. Vernon McGee said, I'll give you a million dollars. If you can prove to me, I don't think he had that much to give, frankly, but he was so sure of himself. So I'll give you a million dollars if you can show me any miracle today of God. Not one miracle. Not one. He's a good Bible teacher up to that point. But when it comes to the supernatural, they put on the brakes. God can't be that kind of God. And he can't do it today. If he can't do that, he can't save a soul. 
Because a miracle is a supernatural intervention in the normal course of human affairs. Hallelujah. Webster's Dictionary. The, the simplest term of a miracle. A supernatural intervention. Well, listen. If you believe in God, you've got to believe in supernatural intervention. And if you're saved today, the Holy Ghost convicted you. Supernatural intervention. Amen. In the normal course, you were on your way to hell. Now you're on your way to heaven. You're a brand new creature in Jesus Christ. Supernatural intervention. Amen. You want to see a miracle? You're looking at one. And it's not because of the stroke or the healing of the cancer. It's because of the salvation that He granted and the change it wrought in my heart and life. Hallelujah. Will you stand to your feet? We're going to close. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Do you understand the Middle East conflict? All they're concerned about the Arab and the Jew is the land. They're claiming their covenant as they see it. This is my land. No, it's my land. No, it's my land. No, it's my land. We have spiritual land to claim that is ours in Christ. And honey, if you don't claim it, you can't have it. And if you don't know it's yours, you can't claim it. If I were you and I'm not, I would demand somebody teach me the whole counsel of God. Somebody tell me. Give me some basis for me to believe. Can you say amen? No one in this room can override somebody else's lack of faith. Jesus, first thing he asked, do you believe I'm able to do this? You've got to have some faith in you. I'm not going to do it just because you need it and just because I love you. I require that you believe me for it. Amen? There is no defeat in God. God took me through the fire and he took me through the flood and he taught me in that deep, dark valley. I had to override my emotions. I had to quit looking at my circumstances. Remember when Isaiah told Hezekiah, you're going to die? What do you focus on? You focus on your disease and your death from that point on. You know what he did? You know what he did? Do you know what he did? He turned his face away from that that would distract from his faith in God. He turned his face from his disease. He turned his, which was that boil that was blood poisoning him, and the swelling and the pain and the reality of the death, because a prophet had told him, set your house in order, you're going to die. But he turned his face away from all of that, turned it to the wall, turned it to the wall, turned it to the wall. Turned it to the wall. Why did he do that? Listen, I got to tell you this. We're almost done, but I got to tell you this. I'm through apologizing, trying to build your faith so you can receive a miracle. Can you say, man, this is more important than the restaurant today. Somebody's going to come in here with cancer and they're going to die without a miracle. We need to be in the same page. We need to, we, we need to, Hallelujah. We need victory. We need revival. We need something more than get in, get out and have somebody 
intercede for us. Amen. We need some faith inside of us. Hallelujah. This is a battle between the devil. Amen. And, and the children of God for the land that God has promised us spiritually. When I started going to the gym, it wasn't co-ed. There was no distraction. By the way, co-ed is a distraction. Amen. 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 And I worked out with little old preacher man, Jim I went to, professional power lifters, professional bodybuilders, professional wrestlers. You didn't want to mess with nobody because they were focused. Hulk Hogan, which was Terry Balea, wasn't even wrestling in America. He was wrestling in Japan. He'd tell people, don't bother me. This is my bread and butter. I'm concentrating on this. A man getting ready for an international powerlifting meet. You know what they were doing in that room that was for powerlifters only? Because bodybuilders were trying to get pretty Powerlifters trying to get strong. Bodybuilders looking in the mirror to see if that bicep was growing. Check out that tricep. Powerlifter, he wanted to think about lifting. And they took cardboard, taped cardboard on all the mirrors in the powerlifting room. Because if you think about how much weight you're lifting, you probably won't lift it. Can you say amen? If you see all them bells up there... <laughs> Bending that bar, shaking like that, you probably won't pump it. They wanted to be focused on one thing, nothing else. And when Hezekiah turned his face to the wall, he turned it away from his disease and away from his impending doom and death. He got all of that junk out of his mind and he concentrated on God's mercy alone <laughs> the prophet has given him the truth uh, amen and he's on his way to do whatever else God wants God said you better go back amen. you better go back I got something else to say to that man tell him I've seen his tears and I've heard his cry and I'm going to add 15 years to his life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen, quit, quit focusing on your trouble. Quit focusing on your diagnosis. Quit focusing on your x-ray. And get your gaze set on Jesus, who is the author and finisher of your faith. At some point, you may be to put cardboard on your television. And have a sweet hour of prayer. And if you ever hear somebody teaching something and you feel your faith rising up, you need to sit down. Shut up. Put down your iPad. Turn off your iPhone. Come on, I'm serious about this. We're so involved in the media. Where are we going to hear something to give us faith? We give God one hour on Sunday to undo all of that junk? One hour! And then listen to teaching that has no faith in it. Nothing to build it. Well, Brother Venable got healed of cancer. Where's your faith? That's my faith. My daddy's faith, really. I was a kid. Well, Brother Venable was raised up from a stroke in three days. That's answered prayer. 
I had faith. But it was y'all's faith. Other people who prayed. But people hear about that and they think, I've got a magic touch. No, it's Jesus that has the touch. And it's not magic. It's healing. And it's help for the time of trouble and the day of trouble. The defeat is in the faces and in the countenance and in the lives of God's people. The fear, the doubt, the devastation. And God says, I'm in covenant with you through the blood of my son. I want to answer your prayers. I want to deliver you. I want to help you. And God love you, church. I want to see it before I go to heaven. I want to see it restored. And it don't have to happen here. When I pray that God will stretch forth his hand to heal that signs and wonders, I pray grant unto thy servants, all of them, that hold to your truth, your true servants, grant unto thy servants that with all boldness we may speak thy word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so I'm committed to boldly declaring what God's word declares without apology. Because I want to see it. I want to see it. Before I go to heaven, I want to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I want to hear it. I want to hear the joyful sound from God's people again. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to hear, I want to hear the victory testimonies before I go to heaven. Praise God. Praise God. Are we the seed spiritually of Abraham? Can you say that is true? We're not the seed through Ishmael. We're not the seed through Isaac. The issue is not the land. The issue is the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And when the miracles and healings occurred, the Bible said the kingdom of God has come nigh to you. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And I want His kingdom to come and His will to be done in earth as it is in heaven before I go to home. Hallelujah. Will you join hands in this room? Let's believe God today. Let's believe God today. Let's believe. There's going to be setbacks just like there was for me. You're going to have setbacks. Willie's had a setback in his endeavor to share Christ with people. Oh, but it's only a setback. I've had setbacks. People come here and they leave here. People hunt for something that they, don't, they like better. And that's okay. They need to go where they're comfortable. But I have, I have a commission from Christ to preach the gospel, the whole gospel. And I want you to have enough faith in your heart that when you need a miracle, you can receive it. I want you to have that. I believe you need that. I know I need that today. Hard to get people in church for the Word. It's difficult to get people to come to church for the Word. Oh, but that's where faith comes from. And that's why the devil tries to push you away. Amen. Have a, add a service. Add a Bible study. See who, how many show up. Can you say amen? Why? Because we don't get it. We think we can just be positive and, and trust God. Listen to a song. Get sentimental and trust God. Faith doesn't come that way. 
Faith does not come that way. Amen. It's, oh, my faith comes by hearing. My faith comes by hearing. Faith, not having heard at some point in your life. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing, church. By hearing, hearing consistently. Hearing, 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 and hearing by the Word of God. You can also open your Bible and begin to read. But you need direction of where to read and what to read. It's a big book. But I would like to take you on a journey. Amen. I want you to, I want you to know who you are and who He is according to the Word of God. Amen. And when faith meets His promise and faith meets His purpose, and the touch of faith touches the hem of His garment, there's no debating, there's no deciding what has been provided. Virtue flowed. <laughs>